From points across California, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition Roundtable Discussion for the week of September 27, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, and Tony Spatel. In this segment, Mary Jo is going to tell us about some of the recent changes to the Walk and Waltz Footsteps Guided Tour. Mary Jo? Hi there. Hi, how are you? <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, Mary Jo. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Oh, my God. Did I wake you up? Um, <laughs> I know the tour was just today, but it didn't start that early, did it? She was just it? enjoying how many times you had to record that intro. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we are slap happy tonight, folks. Uh-huh. Late night <laughs> Sunday. Late, late Sunday. Yes. Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Mm-hmm. So... As you guys know, back in June, I took the Cultivating the Magic tour. And after the tour, I headed over to the uh, tour guide garden to go chat with the tour guides over there. And I met a young fellow by the name of Tyler who told me that he was one of the guys who actually designed the tours. And at that time, he told they me that... They all say that, though. Didn't one of our guides say that she was the designer of the tours, Tony? Yeah, that's they're all yeah. saying yeah, that. Yeah, they, they, they Really? Yeah. They all right. say that. You guys just oh, you burst her magic bubble. <laughs> just like Kozlin. I, I feel like exactly. I feel like I feel like um, I forget his name, but the guy in Up. And I've got all these balloons, and you guys are popping them one by one, and I'm just slowly sinking to the ground. Yes, oh. Mrs. Fredrickson. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I was talking to Tyler, and Tyler, shoot, now I'm going to go challenge him. So, excuse me, you told me. <laughs> But I, um, he told me that they were going to be revamping all of the tours, including the Walk and Waltz Footsteps Tour in, in the fall. And he couldn't tell me more than that. So I was curious. Yeah, I took our source told us more than that. Oh, really? Well, I took my tour back in June. So when, when <laughs> did you have your source? I don't know. When did we go? August or something like that? Okay, so yeah. you had two Yeah, months. but you were on a media tour, so of course they were going to tell you everything they knew. Yeah, uh, no. They wouldn't. No, they shouldn't have told us anything. Huh. Because well, no, we were, it we were media. Script. No, 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 no. This was in a private conversation. This was oh. a script. Oh, well, I was just a guest. Yeah. And even after she knew we were from the Disboards. You have just busted somebody. We won't mention her name. But you I, can I, see I, her. It's a her? Am I even a dude? I don't even remember. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're interrupting you. Go ahead, Major. Sometimes we forget you're a dude, too. Uh, okay, well, let me, let me get back to... That was just mean. Take that out, Tom. <laughs> no. So, let's, let's, back to TV. Yeah. Okay. So, when I was told that the Walk and Waltz Footsteps Tour was going to be changed for this by this autumn, I was really curious what was going to happen because I had taken the tour back in 2000. I took it again in 2009. And... I was thinking, okay, I've, you know, I've been on quite a few of these tours. What else can they tell me that I haven't heard already? Right. So when we heard that the um, that the tour was coming out, and you know, the tour is popular anyway because people get to go into Club Thirty Three, and it's that's such a, a coveted uh, perk that people want to do. So 
you know, people will take the tour just so they can get into Club 33. Well, we started hearing these rumors that we were going to be allowed into Walt's apartment. And people started getting, I mean, the buzz really started going then. And I started, you know, I got excited too because I wanted to go in Walt's apartment. And so I booked, as soon as I was able to, I booked the, the tour. It started September 9th, but I wasn't able to get in tour till today. It's just been really popular. I heard that they're, they're selling out on these tours, so people who want to take them should call as soon as they're ready. You can book 30 and, days out, right? Right. You can, No, a month out. A month, so it's not okay. 30 days, it's a month. So gotcha. you're going to okay. on the 14th, you book it the 14th, the prior month. And so I went ahead and I booked it, and I got a bit of a sticker shock because the tour <laughs> just about doubled in price. And, you know, it used to be... Um, $49, I think, and now it was, uh, well, we'll say it at the end of the, of the review how much, what the cost is, but I can imagine that because that now that people get to go into Walt's apartment, um, I think it was, that, I think it was 69 before. 69, okay, you're yeah. right, 69 before. And that's 109, I'll just say it. And that's $109 for people without discounts. And so I, I booked the tour and I went today. And because it was so much more expensive, Kelly got to stay at home. Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as with all the other Walt, walk-in Walt Disney tours, the, it's every day they have a tour. They only have one a day. It starts at 9.30 in the morning. So I was there today about 9.15, check in at the, um, the tour gardens kiosk. And they were so well organized. There's a sign there, you know, Walk in Walt's Footsteps Tour, check in here. We checked in. Um, part of the tour at the end, you do get a lunch. So they went over the lunch item menus. So we ordered our lunch item menus and they handed us something that they do now that those of you, if you haven't taken a tour before, you get an audio set with a headset so that when the tour guide is talking, you get to hear everything without having to worry about being right up with her. Or him, which was, I really, really like that feature. It makes it easier. So we got that, and then they, we were, there were 15 in our group, and they split us into two um, groups. Some of us were the Roys, and some of us were the Lillians. And you kind of think, you know, Roy and Lillian were supporting Walt and all of his endeavors. There we go with the endeavor word. But they were, they were supporting him, so that was kind of cool that they used those names to put us in the two groups even though we took the tour together. And our tour guide's name is Emily, a young lady. She was really, really good. I um, thought she gave an excellent tour. Everything flowed. And I think what I would say that the difference in this Walk in Walt Disney's Footsteps tour from the others is that now it's a storytelling tour. So they tell they she took us to the fire department, um, and she started talking about Walt as a young boy. And, of course, a lot of people who, who like the history of Walt Disney know that he loved uh, or was very interested in Abraham Lincoln. She told us some other stories about him and his youth and about World War One. And I don't I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to tell the audience what um, all the tidbits she told us, because I don't want to ruin the tour for other people. I will say that I learned things on this tour that I never learned before. Wow. So I was really pleased. Um so she took us to the to the. She started us off at the fire station, and she um, told us a bit about his his story and and everything. And then she took us over to the flagpole, and 
she what's another cool thing about the audio systems is that we get got to hear Walt's voice and hear the actual speeches that he gave. So she played a little bit of the opening speech and I had heard that before in the in the Walk in Walt's Footsteps tour, and I thought it was really appropriate that they played it right there because he was in that spot when he gave that speech. And she told us a little bit about the windows on Main Street, and she pointed out two of them. One, Elias Disney, as many of you know, that's the father of Walt Disney. And the other one was Emil Curry. And um, she just told us about those two windows and told us to look for them, and then she would tell us a little bit more about them on the about Emil Curry on the way down um, during the tour, later in the tour. So then she took us to the hub, and today was really today was 90-something degrees and probably 90-something humidity. It was just hot today. So everywhere she took us, she made sure that we all stood in the shade, which I really appreciated, and we were able to enjoy the tour a little bit more. And in the hub, she was telling us, um, as many of, of you know, that the design of Disneyland – is like a wheel with a spoke. And she also mentioned that when Walt Disney designed each of these lands, he wanted something in each land that would attract the visitor to that land. So for the obvious one for Fantasyland, what do you guys think would be, what would attract people to that land? The castle. Exactly, the castle. And so each land has something there that draws the attention. And I'm not going to tell you what the other ones are because when you go on the tour, you'll find out what they were. And she also told us a little bit about the um, history of you know Disneyland when it opened up. Oh, and I, I should have said this back when the when we were at the flagpole. She was telling us about the opening day at Disneyland and and how they had planned on 15,000 people. He had 15,000 <laughs> invitations. Right, you know those of you who know the story. <clears throat> well, somebody. Uh, who um, a neighboring farmer figured that he could make a lot more money by putting his ladder up against the fence and charging admission into Disneyland rather than picking oranges that day. So Disneyland ended up with double the number of people that they expected to go there that day. And there were all kinds of things going wrong. Um, you guys know about the plumbing strike, right? right. Disney had a he had to he had an option either. <laughs> what were his two options? Water, uh, drinking fountains or bathrooms, right? Toilets. Right. Yeah. Drinking, drinking water or found or, or or toilets, and of course he well, chose the. He toilet. said he said they could drink Pepsi, right? Well, he could. He he did say that, but because there were so many people, they ran out of everything. Oh wow! They ran out of food. They ran out of drinks. Um, rides were breaking down, which I didn't know that was happening, but um, a lot of the rides broke down on that day. But Walt was so busy with his with the media event, he didn't know any of these things were happening until he read the paper the next day. Hmm. Yeah. When they when he read all of you know the result would happen, and you know a lot of people would look at that and say, "Oh my gosh, look at all these horrible things." He just said, "Wow, look how many people are going to come to my park. We better make sure that we we're, we're ready for the capacity." And so then he started you know making sure they started planning for, for the number of people who would be going to the park. So it was beyond what he thought and of course they talked about the pavement and, and other things that were happening um, a lot of people already know those tidbits but it was it's always fun to kind of hear be reminded of, of everything that happened that day so back to the hub we're at the hub and there she was talking about uh, Disney's relationship with ABC and how he needed sponsors 
to to have his park because the park was supposed to be. I'll just say it, it was supposed to cost like I'll just say five million, and then it ended up costing like a hundred and something million dollars. I mean, it was just. Um, in my in the blog, I'll have the right figure. Yeah, I don't think was it, was it that uh, was it like seventeen million or something. Yeah, and it was to be. No, that it or, ended up being. So okay, so from well, it just seemed like a lot, so I slightly exaggerated. So it went from five million to seventeen million dollars. So of course, you know, with with all of these plans he had for the park, he needed sponsors to to fund them, and so his brother um, talked to ABC. And they convinced ABC to um, – ABC was looking for a TV show. And so Disney proposed uh, putting on the Disneyland show where he would talk about his park. So ABC paid Disney to talk about the park that he was going to open. So what – you know, he got free advertising. He got paid for advertisement for his park. So yeah, $17 million. It cost $17 million. $17.5 million. Thank you. Uh-huh. Sorry. There was somebody on our, our tour that saw that first Disneyland show. So that was kind of cool. That So you can see the, the age group that we had on the tour. And um, one of the cool things that they also had on the tour is they had snippets of that Disneyland show where Disney was explaining and describing these lands that, that were gonna, he was going to have in a year. And here we're walking through them. So to hear the enthusiasm and to hear his plans and, and what they had, the ideas they had in those days and what actually came to be, that was really, uh, for me, that was special to hear that. And they also talked about the uh, fantasy land where they had the drawbridge. And what they did is they got a, a bunch of children there um, and the drawbridge was up and they had a knight ride in on his horse. Um, asking or proclaiming to, to lower the drawbridge so that the children of the world could enter Fantasyland. So they just had so many neat things happen in that first day. And so then from the hub, she takes she took us into Fantasyland, and that's when we went on our first attraction. We got to ride Peter Pan, and when she let us ride Peter Pan, you should have seen the tour. People's faces were lighting up, and they were like, we don't have to stand in line for Peter nice. Pan. Oh. Yeah. So it, the the reaction was, was really good for, for that. So we went on that attraction. Of course, she talked about the castle and how her Ryman had switched the top on that. A lot of us know about that, so I don't mind mentioning it in this review. And she also talked about the carousel being the oldest attraction and the carousel has a special place at Disneyland, and who can tell me why? You guys know the story. We all know the story, I think, because uh, Walt took his daughters to was it Griffith Griffith Park or something? Which which park was it? And would park. sit it's one here. Yeah. yeah, sit on the bench and watch his daughters ride the carousel. And he thought, you know, there needs to be some place where the parents can also have fun. And, and drink alcohol. And exactly. Drink. Sorry. Mr. <laughs> Bell! <laughs> <laughs> at, at our Disneyland, only if you have special memberships. Yeah, yeah. But um, For now. At, at that point, we got to hear Walt talking about that experience. We're watching his daughters. And then we got to hear Diane also with her. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, with her reflections on that. So they kind of played, they not kind of, but they did. They played both of them. And like I said, this tour is so special in that you're seeing these icons in the park and you're hearing Walt and his and his daughter, and but mostly Walt, talk about them and, and how they came to be. And... Um, I know she, we, she didn't talk about it, but um, side note, Jingles wasn't there, so they must be fixing him. Uh. So, But uh, she talked about the other attractions in Fantasyland also, which I'm not going to go into detail. And from there, we took the pathway to Frontierland along the back way. And we stopped at the pond in the shade again. And she was talking about the, the old Disneyland and the original attractions in the Frontierland area and how Disney brought them um, to the the park. And one thing I noticed, and the t- tours that I took in the past, they, the, those tours kind of paid attention to how the pavement changes from one land to another and how the trash cans change. This tour didn't go didn't go there. This tour, like I said, is basically the it's a story. It's the history of Dis- Walt Disney um, bringing Disneyland to life. And so we walked then to the um, petrified tree, and we heard the story of how that came to be there. Uh, for those of you who don't know where it's at, it's alongside the Rivers of America in front of the Golden Horseshoe Review. And that was a tree, a gift that Walt Disney, while he and his wife were traveling in um, Colorado, they were in Pikes. It was it was a petrified forest, and so he wanted to buy his he wanted to buy Lillian something. He wanted to buy her a gift, and he talked to the park ranger. And you know, when we think about buying a souvenir from someplace, <laughs> we think of you know, I don't know, slingshot for our kids, or you know, a ring or necklace. But no, Walt Disney buys his wife a tree. And throughout this whole the the, the whole tour, we hear about this affection that he has for Lillian. And I'm, and I'm talking about the tree, but everything that he, not everything that he did, but a lot of what he did, he had Lillian Disney in mind to make for her comfort and for her pleasure and everything. But, you know, he got this tree and she said, that's not going to our house. That won't fit on the mantle. And so it ended up in Disneyland. She gifted it to Disneyland. So it sits there now. And, you know, you look at that and it's just such a, a part of our American history to see this petrified tree that's so many thousands of years old sitting right there alongside the rivers of America in front of in, in Frontierland. When you think about it, it's it's Disneyland has so many neat um, artifacts there. It's not just a theme park. It's so much more than that. And from his vision and everything and this tour just brings it more to light of every, of the diff, of the specialness of Disneyland. So, and I think that I was wondering along when I took this tour is what makes Disneyland so special that people like me will pay, you know, a lot of money to hear about a man who created a theme park. And when you go on the tour and you hear his voice talking with this um, enthusiasm and, or I'll say this passion and this love of how, of how he wants to share Think he wants to his he wants to create something for families, and he wants to create something special. And the people who supported him, like I said, like Roy and Lillian and everybody else who supported him in this vision, 
Disneyland's not just a theme park, and I, and a lot of you will agree with me with that. But it's just this was just hitting me as I went on this tour today, um, how special the park is, and everything that they have in there. So back to the tour. Sorry, I kind of went off. The, <laughs> but and the, uh, he, we also heard stories of Walt Disney and his children, and and there was a, a story that she told us about Diane Miller when she was six years old finding out that her father was Walt Disney and and you got to go on the tour to hear it but I had never heard that story before and it was really really neat and while we were there um, in front of the petrified tree we learned that New Orleans Square was built on the revenue from Mary Poppins so there I think uh, there's two movies that saved Disney right there's three of them actually but one of them was was Snow White, uh-huh. and Mary Poppins was another one that brought a lot of revenue, and he put that money right back into the park to build it, and then created New Orleans Square. And at that time, they built the Walt and Roy Disney Apartments in New Orleans Square, and he had this whole vision of, you know, there's so many, like I said, the park was so special. People were coming from all over the world to his park, and he wanted a place to entertain people where they wouldn't be with the tourists, you know, uh, with everybody. He wanted something special. He had been, he had traveled the world and he had seen these clubs and he had been to places where they had special areas where people could have a nice meal and sit down and relax. And he wanted to create that for his guests, for his Walt Disney's guests. And we all know that is Club 33. And so there was a special uh, hallway that connected the apartments that they had to Club 33 where he could go and dine with his guests and then go back to his apartments, etc. Some of us do know that Walt Disney never lived to see the fruition of that. The the plans that he had, they carried on with them. They never finished the apartments until they made the Dream Suite, which was pretty recent. But they did create Club 33, and a lot of people go there. And that's when they took us, and when she was telling us the story, she took us to Club 33, and she took us into the, the lobby downstairs, and she was explaining the, the you know how it was designed and who designed it, um, the special elevator. And I hadn't done this before in the other tours, but she let us go in the elevator and take pictures. Nice. Fun. It was cool. Yeah, she had, she had the door open. I asked her if I could take a picture of her in the elevator, and she looked at me, and she's like, yeah, maybe not. So uh, maybe <laughs> the cast members don't want it. Maybe they would think that it would be part of a blog, maybe, <laughs> or something. They don't want to advertise that. But all the, any of us could go up in the elevator. Um, this one lady took her uh, her pet bear and took a picture with her bear. But I thought that was, I had never seen that before, where they let us go there. And then after everybody took their pictures... Then she sent the elevator up so that we can see that it's really not an elevator, it's a lift. Because then you can see the, the weight come down so that the lift could go up. So she was explaining the difference between a lift and an elevator as far as that's concerned. And so um, another thing we noticed going into Club 33 was that when the door shut, we couldn't hear the sounds of Disneyland anymore. So you really are in another world when you go into that when you go into that club. So for those of you who would like to go experience that, take this tour. And then from there, she took us over to the railroad station at New Orleans Square. 
and she talked to us about this new, uh, she continued the story of New Orleans Square being created and these two new attractions that were going to be built. And one of them was going to have this bayou that people would go through and and everything. And, um, of course, as Pirates of the Caribbean, as we know it. And then the Haunted Mansion that they started creating, I believe in 1963, they started building it. And they, at first, it wasn't going to be a ride. At first, it was going to be a walkthrough. And I think you guys might know that, but I'm sure some people don't. And uh, as technology uh, developed for at the Disneyland Resort, that whole idea changed. But he was. They were talking about how people just saw this mansion and all of the the speculation that went on about what was going to be put in there. And she then she told us about um, the history of the the railroad and Walt's love for trains and him having his own railroad. And there's two Imagineers. Kimball is one of them, and there's another one that one of the trains is named after. Design that thumb. would be um, no. oh shit. <laughs> the Roger Brogy. Nope, that's not the name. Nope. But anyway, the two of them had trains. Okay. Who is it? I was going to say the Roger Brogy is one of the Walt Disney World trains. Yeah. Because um, they named the trains down there for. The Imagineers. Um, and it's not the Ripley, it's another one. And you know the name Well, the E.P. Ripley, E.P. Ripley is because, is named after the, um, the president of the Santa Fe Railroad at the time. And that's the train that Walt Disney rode in, that famous where he's looking out the trains. Yep. The f- five trains are the C.K. Holiday, the E.P. Ripley, the Fred Gurley, the Ernest S. Marsh, and the Ward Kimball. I think it was Gurley then, or the second one that you said. Um, no, the the CK is um, another one of the Santa Fe executives. Okay. Yep, his, uh, as was Ripley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first two trains were named for the Santa Fe executives because they co they co-sponsored the rail at Rogue. So it was the Disneyland and Santa Fe Railroad. That's a cool. So was Marsh Ward Kimball's. Was yeah. The, so it was, was Gurley. Um, Fred Gur- yeah, Fred Gurley was. Hmm. I believe Fred Gurley was the, one of the guys from the machine shop. No, he's he was also associated with the. Okay, well, at, at Topeka and Santa Fe. I I will in the blog Roger, I'll spell it out. I was going to say Roger Brogy is the most famous is the other of the most famous. But that's not here. But not here. No. Okay. Anyway. So the we we rode um, I believe the Ripley. We rode the train that has the benches that face forward, and I had never okay. ridden that train before, so that was fun. And we were right behind the the. Uh, you don't get that one very often anymore. No, That's and also like the only one I ever ride. I I've hmm. never ridden that one, and I noticed that the Lily Bill was out. So. They were they had their their trains going today, but and that like I said, that was the train that Walt Disney. Um, you see that picture of him looking out of the train when they on opening, di- I think it was opening day, right? Yeah, um, Mickey Mouse. Picture of him. Yeah. So, 
we got on the train, um, and then she told us another thing about, you know, the, uh, the, and the telegraph? Right. Um, it's over there, and we, and we all know that that's the beginning of the speech, but it's not Morse code. I thought it was Morse code. It's tele, tele, telegraphy. Yeah. Telegraphs. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense, right? But everybody, when people tell her the trivia, they're always like, oh, that's Morse code, blah, 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 but it's not. It's the telegraph, which makes sense, so... So that's that's different patterns than Morse code. Yes. Hmm, interesting. Yes. So um, she gave us that, and then so we we rode the train to Tomorrowland. So that's the second attraction that we got to go on, and then we took a quick bathroom break, and then she took us over to the Innoventions building and talked to us about the Carousel of Progress, the stories about that, and. Um, also about America Sings, which I remember Tony would have hated us in that right. Because I would have sang at the top of my head. <laughs> I would have loved you. I would have hated the singing. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification, Mr. Spatel. Yeah. But, um, so we're standing there, and then she was talking about Atopia, and I didn't realize that how Atopia, what the name means. It's Automobile Utopia. I never knew that. So she was talking about the, the, the three different types of utopias that they used to have. They had the Mini, and then they had the Junior, and then they had the Tomorrowland. And the Mini, Walt Disney got rid of, which I thought this was interesting, because only children could ride it, not adults. And then today we have that whole section in California Adventure that, well, adults can ride that too. I don't think there's any attraction at any of the Dis- at here in Disney in California where the adults can't ride with their kids. Um, is there? I don't think there are so. There things where you have to be a maximum height of 50-something. Yes, they, adults cannot ride the z- little zip line in the... In the um, oh, in uh, Redwood, Redwood Creek, Creek Challenge Trail. Redwood Creek Challenge um, Trail. And, and kids over eight or something like that can't play on the equipment at Goofy's house. Oh, that's this okay. backyard, the Goofy's backyard. Okay, so in Toontown, they can't go into Goofy's... Into go- that's a that's a good. I mean, one. they can go into the house, but the, all the slides and stuff—they're not supposed to use those. Yeah, but we can't go in there with our kids. You can we go can in. Go you can watch. You can, but you can walk through the house when it was a bounce house. It, when Goofy's house was a bounce house, you could not. Only the kids could bounce. I didn't know it was a. It wasn't a bounce house anymore. Yeah, they had it. In fact, it was dug down. That was the funny part about it. It, They actually had you bring up the surface of the house because it was dug down into a bouncing pit. I need to go over there. And they went, the kids would go in on the other side and you would stand on the porch, on the front porch steps and wait for your kids to be finished. That part I remember. But now, I mean, now you go in the, you go through the backyard and there's some, a couple slides and things for smaller kids to play on and then you can yeah. go in the house and I think the piano still works maybe I need to go check um, not quite okay. you can still sit on the chairs okay yeah um, and then Chippendale's ball pit which was very short lived was also another height restricted yeah my kids used to love that anyway we're lot. way off topic <laughs> yeah sorry we ne- and, and let me just Ball's say that touring. yeah the, the tour never goes into Toontown so um, so we're back in Tomorrowland, and she w- and talk about the Utopia. She she told us a story about Bob Gurr, which just makes me laugh because since we met Bob Gurr and you know we heard him talk and everything, every time I hear uh, some anecdote about him, 
I just I just have to smile because he's such a cool guy. Yeah. But um, you'll have to go on the tour to hear about the what happened with Bob Gurr and a certain uh, incident on the ride with uh, a child that he was with. <laughs> Nothing bad about him and the child, but who who they knocked into the bushes. But um, so she she heard she told talked to us about that, and then she was telling us about the uh, different you know she the famous World Fair that Walt Disney went to, and he took four attractions. He created four attractions for that fair. Um, who can tell me what they are? Small World's one. One. Yep. Carousel of Progress is another. That's two. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lincoln. Mr. Lincoln. Yes. And so far, so good. Gosh. Come on, Wayne, help us out. (laughs) You named my top three. (laughs) I was going to say, it wasn't the Tiki Room, was it? Nope. No, 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 it wasn't. People Mover. Nope. Darn. There's, there's, there's. Rocket Rides. (laughs) No. Oh, the the Circle Vision? Nope. Although he did create America, he did create America the Beautiful at a previous. At a prior World's Fair, but in the famous 1958 one, or 1964 one, excuse me, uh, has to do, it's a, an attraction that, that inspired uh, an attraction at Epcot in Future World. Soren? Nope. <laughs> I'm stuck. What is it called? World of Energy at Epcot? Oh, God. Universal Energy. Oh, um... And it's not an attraction itself, it's part of an attraction. Has the Grand Canyon. Oh, the oh. Diorama. Oh. And Primeval World. So there were out of the five top attractions at the World Actually, it was called the Magic Skyway. That's right, the Magic Skyway. The Ford Motor, Motor Company. Oh, I remember Skyway. those. The, they're, like, they're like vehicles. Yeah. Like yes. Ford, Ford vehicles. Yes. I didn't. I wasn't there remembering it, but I remember seeing sure. pictures. Oh. Yeah. And so it was kind. In some ways, the the ride was kind of like the um, the people mover. Yeah, that's light. why. That's why I was thinking of that because I remember seeing the the fake cars moving around. Okay, and I think that was one of the things that they wanted to do. Is they wanted to create cars that wouldn't have to be driven, and so they put that together, which was a precursor to the Omnimover. From what I heard. Nice. And so um, from and at the World's Fair, the top five attractions were all put on by Disney. So um, and all of those were brought to Disneyland. So from there, we're, we walked and she had told us that story and we walked back to Fantasyland and we went and we got to ride It's a Small World. So I got to sing that one the whole way. So <laughs> the person sitting next to me was very lucky. And... Um, also, since it was air-conditioned, it was just really nice to sit there and get off our feet. So that was a nice um, respite, respite. From It's a Small World, we came out again, and then we listened to various tidbits from the Disneyland show. And also, um, when you get on the attractions, some of the spiels that they have in the attractions, we got to hear them as we walked to Main Street. And we got to hear more of what Walt had to say. And we went, we ended up at the Opera House. And we ended up in the gallery part of the Opera House. And she was showing us some of the pictures 
of the railroad and the and Disneyland and telling us about those attractions. And then they took us to the where you exit, um, Mr. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And she started telling us about oh my gosh, the, how much Miley, how, how much how the big influence Miley Cyrus has had on the. How did you know? That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. she was telling us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and she was telling us about his his last days, and then he and Roy talking in his uh, in his uh, hospital when he was in the in the hospital bed, and how he would um, be um, illustrating in the air what he expected of Epcot and this future city that he wanted developed, etc. And and so she told us other things that I'm not going to go into. And then she played um, Feed the Birds. So by then, mm. I, it was so hard for me not, oh, to, me not to cry. Uh, talk about tugging at your heartstrings. Yeah. You know, and, and again, she was talking to us about Walt's vision to make this a better world. And then how we could also either be Walt's ourselves or we could be Roy's or Lillian's to support the Walt's in our lives. And it was just... It it just ended so inspirational. It was just so so good. And from there, she took us across the street, and then the last treat that people were, you know, of course, waiting for is they took half the group. And and the reason why they split us into Roy's and Lillian's was so that they could split up the group, so we wouldn't have this huge crowd up in Walt's apartment because it is really small. Because yeah. it's really small. And one thing I noticed because because. Um, some of us were really lucky to, to be there before where we were able to walk all around. They now cordon it off, so you can only go where the little kitchenette is. And so we went up the stairs where, where the fire station is. We went up those stairs. We went behind through the cast member door. And there was, there was a little sign that I saw at the bottom of the stairs that says, this is not a break area. Do not, do not go upstairs. And I wanted to take a picture of it, and they told me I couldn't. I asked them. <laughs> I was like, darn it, it was such a cool picture. But they took us up there, and she showed us, and, and she was showing us the different parts of the room. She gave, I thought she gave a really good explanation. She was pointing out the different pictures that were on the wall. There was a really neat picture of Roy and Walt together that I hadn't seen before. She showed us the kitchenette, explained the different appliances. She opened the cabinet so we could see inside the cabinets, and we saw, you know, the Tom and Jerry Mm-hmm. Um, set that they had there, the cups and the punch bowl, and then she had glass bottles that Walt and uh, Lillian's uh, grandchildren used when they were, you know, using the apartment. And I asked her because we, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I had always heard about Walt uh, using the fireman pole to slide to slide downstairs. And I asked her, I said, "Where is the? Where where did he slide down the pole?" So she showed me the spot where the she pointed out the spot to us. And she said that you know when, when the once the park opened and people were trying to skim, shinny up the the pole, they had to cover it. And then when the grandkids started going over, Lillian really didn't like the idea of having an open hole there for the where the children could fall. So they covered it up with carpet, and so you can't you can't see it anymore from upstairs. But then they let us walk into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't walk where the toilet is, but like you know, there's the, there's two little rooms for the bathroom, and so they have that to the ba- back. They have that cordon off, so they had two cast members. They had one cast member standing inside the restroom to make sure that we didn't touch anything, <laughs> and then they had the cast member who was there explaining everything to us. 
And before we went up into the room, yeah, they were very, very, they told us, you're, you're about to enter, you know, this is every, this is so special. Um, they, they let us know just how special this was. And they made sure that all of our phones and cameras, everything were in our pockets because we could not take any pictures up there. Oh, wow. Um, what they did do over there is they said if we wanted to take a picture inside the, the apartment, to put all our, our cameras on the kitchenette, and they took a picture of us with a lamp in the background. So I thought that was nice that they let us they let us do that with our own cameras, and so um, that was that was pretty much it for for that tour. And then we ended up in the tour guide gardens, and we our lunches were already there. And like I said, it was so well organized, it was so smooth. Everything everything they did was with a smile. Everything was very attentive. Emily stayed with us while we were eating, and she was just chatting with all of us, making sure that. You know, if we needed anything, she got it for us. If we had any questions or just making us feel really welcome and, and not in a hurry to finish our lunch. What were the food selections? We had, when we first got there and they had us select the different foods, we had um, three different cha- sandwiches we could choose, which was a caprice or chicken salad or roasted turkey with um, chips or fruit. Or we could choose a salad, either the roasted vegetable or a Jolly Holiday um, with a breadstick, so I chose the Jolly Holiday, which I'm really glad I did because it was it was pretty yummy. And then we also got a dessert. We either got to choose the Mickey chocolate caramel tart, or a Mickey sugar cookie, or a white chocolate Matterhorn macaroon. Ooh. So I I said you know I'll just go, the chocolate caramel tart. I said oh, I'll just get that. It was so good. <laughs> it was. I and then I I was looking around because I wanted to take pictures of what you know the other desserts. Right. Everybody everybody got that. So um, it was really, really, really yummy. It had Mickey's face, and you know, I, have, I took pictures for the blog. And then the, for drinks, we had Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, or, or water. So I had water, and it was just really so bottled nice. bottles or fountain bottles, cold bottled water. So it was it was just really yummy. And then um, another really quick anecdote. Um, she was telling us that there were children uh, on the first day when Disneyland opened up in Walt's apartment. Uh, the Mouseketeers were up there peering out at the crowd because I guess they were going to perform. And so she told us a little story about uh, Sharon uh-huh. and Walt Disney and Sharon's recollection. And I'm not going to say it here, but that made me tear up too. So uh, it was just I, I, I had to work really hard for because you guys know how easy I cry. Um, I had to work really hard for those tears not to to uh, to drop. But I, I, th- I thought it was really, really good. So um, after lunch, uh, like I said, we, we... Oh, I didn't tell you. While we were up there, another thing, when we were up in Walt's apartment, we were gifted with uh, a pin. And the pin is of the lamp in Walt Disney's apartment. Very nice. So cool. when they explain how that lamp is the inspiration, you know, that just the, the light, I it just made it so special. So I just really loved it. And we also gave them our addresses at the beginning that they're going to send something to us. So there's more coming. Wow. So I, I really, really enjoyed this tour. Um, there were some things I had heard, you know, because we're Disney geeks, so there's yeah. a lot that we know. But the way they give this tour is so different than the other tours. Um I, I recommend it. It's it's $109 for 
for people who have an annual pass or DVC, Disney Visa or AAA, um, you do get a discount. So for me, it was eighty-seven twenty to go there. How long? Um, How long about three it? hours. It was about we we were done. It was about one one something by the time we were done with the tour. Is and that is that including is that include eating? No. Oh, okay. So. Uh, uh, let's see, 9 30, 10, 11, 12, 30. It was like 1 15, maybe. It, I, I would say give yourself a good four hours at least to, for the tour. Because it, it, and she, she didn't, she did walk kind of slow, slowly. Um, I really couldn't say there's anything that I would recommend to improve the tour the only thing is like when you walk from one place to another she didn't talk and i you know i'm always thirsty for more information but she did play disney music so we had our headphones on and so we always had something nice to listen to it wasn't just dead silence going through there um and the attractions we went on and if you read the brochure or you know disney Disney's like, they say they take you in two attractions, but they took us on three. They took us on the Peter Pan, the train, and It's a Small World. So and you got back, I, backdoored on all those, right? And we got backdoored on all of them. There was, there was no wait. And there were quite a few people in Disneyland today. So it was, it was a tour well done. If anybody wants to recommend Emily, I highly recommend her. She was so pleasant. She was very smooth. Um, she was what you would expect a Disney cast member to be. She's the epitome. I, I left a message in City Hall about her because I thought she was so good on this tour. Sounds fun. Yeah, I, I recommend this. I haven't. Taken I'm gonna. It. I'm gonna have to break down and take it. I just for the just for the apartment since I've never been. Oh, you have. To, oh. I, would say, I would say go on this tour then. Because it's not just the apartment, it's the stories that go yeah, along with yeah. it and the history. I think people who just go up to the apartment, that, I mean, it's nice and it means a lot. But when you go up there and they explain yeah, the different things that stories, they're not yeah. telling you yeah. that they explain, it, it just brings it. It brings everything to life. And like I said, Disney Disneyland's not just a theme park. It's a special place. It's a special world that Walt Disney built for us. And like you say, Tom, about sharing, that's exactly what it is. Well, it's like Disneyland has a heart. Yeah. It's it's like living, breathing. It's it's just so special, and and I think this tour for people who, um, well, anybody who knows Disneyland, I would recommend to take this tour. But if people want to know what the heart of Walt Disney is, if they want to experience the park that way, then take this tour. Excellent. Thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you in two weeks. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.